Greetings. It feels so good to be back in one of, or yeah, one of my favorite places to be, which is here in the studio. <sighs> okay, so I suppose, you know, we're familiar. I'm just going to get right on into our first segment, CT's Corner of the Sky. Now, this week, I really don't have anything in particular, nothing fancy. You know, I really just have my um, my little weekly recap. <sighs> so, this week... <laughs> uh, so, I, okay, as I've mentioned previously, I am a undergraduate student at university um, here in the Northeast. Uh, where I am not from, and, ooh, I just think this week has really been a reminder of just how disenchanted and lackadaisical I've become with school. Um, I feel like when I just, like, reflect, I feel like school has just been a common denominator within (laughs) just, I don't want to as melodramatic as it might sound like my my plight. <laughs> but I just feel like I can uh, attribute a lot to school. And I just feel like being away at university has exacerbated certain issues for me. You know, to give a little bit more context, I go to a PWI. So that's, the, for those of you who are not familiar with that, um, that term, PWI, that stands for predominantly white institution. Uh, I have shared that I'm of the black experience. <laughs> Not that that means anything, but, you know, just context. And, um, well, I mean, I, I would I, I would have to say that that has definitely impacted um, my experience here. And um, in searching for schools and in making this selection, I don't think that I factored that into my decision making as much as perhaps I should have. I don't know that I knew that this is what it would feel like being here. In part, I blame myself for being so like intoxicated with, you know, the close proximity to the city and um, just thinking about internship opportunities and, you know, the the allurement of, um, you know, having one of the number one media markets in such close, close proximity to me, um, also being so close to family, so on long weekends and breaks, I have somewhere to go. Um, you know, it seemed like the perfect fit at the time, but ooh, I'm just so like lackadaisical, and I, I really am just not invested. I find myself sitting in like most of my classes, like, why am I here again? Like, and then I remember, I come here and I remember why I'm here because I really wanted to take advantage of um, this amenity, my college radio station, which I'm a part of. And um, although that's been promising and probably the crowning jewel of my experience here and afforded me, you know, access to all of this, um, I can't, I, I can just say that it's been, it's it's been troubling and difficult and challenging, and I think I underestimated what it was going to be like being so far away from home. 
um, though at the time in making this decision to come here. Uh, and I and I also want to say I'm not in any way like I don't I don't I, I recognize what a, a privilege this is to even be here at any university. I know how many people would love and to trade places and who have um, probably had to sacrifice maybe in, in some ways maybe more and and, and work. Um, I don't want to say harder, but have had different obstacles in their way. Um, and, you know, it might sound a little ridiculous. Here I am, like, complaining. And, you know, as, as my fave says, you ask for it, you got it, handle it. And that's what I've been saying to myself lately. But, um, you know, it's it's not easy. And um, just that feeling of, like, out-of-placeness and lacking community and um, because, you know, and I, I kind of hinted at this like during the last couple, I, I feel like I've, I've tried to like introduce pieces to slowly, slowly reel y'all in. Um, just in terms of like my identity and um, just certain ails um, to my, my experience. Um, Ooh, I'm not trying to get real <laughs> simp or anything, but like we're just talking, um, and yeah. So, needless to say, um, you know, university life has been, you know, disappointing in, uh, you know, just a, a bevy of ways, a myriad of ways, um, and I, I try to, uh, you know, focus on the positive and push through, and I do, but. Um, It, it wears on you and it weighs on you. And I just feel like this week was really, it, those feelings were just coming to a head. Um, and I come here in part, yes, to entertain and, um, you know, recap elements of pop culture because that's what I'm passionate about. And I feel, um, you know, there's so much, uh, just, I feel, I, I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by, yes, popular culture, more so people, their stories, bringing that to the forefront, connecting through, you know, our commonalities. Um, that's, you know, an aspiration of, of mine to use through this medium. Um, I forgot why I even went on the tangent <laughs> to explain. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm rumbling, but I guess that's what um, the fun of this segment is. Um but yeah, so keep me lifted in prayer that I <laughs> do not draw because it, I, I just I feel like this this feeling of like I just feel trapped because it's like, you know, uh, if I leave here, which I have considered a number of times, <laughs> what am I going to do? Like I'm already like I'm 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 invested in this. I'm I'm about halfway through. Um, you know, I'm familiar until like leave, it will kind of feel like, okay, well then what was like this for? And like, I've convinced myself, I've told myself, like, let's <laughs> say my name, CT, <laughs> um, if you stay here, you can really have all that it is that um, you came here for. Like you can have that destiny fulfilled moment. Um, you know, the world is at your fingertips. Uh, if you stay, but if you leave, um, who knows uh, where that will leave you and how we're going to make certain waves and things happen. Um, 
because I've created a pathway here, not there. Um, but it just feels like, you know, being here has, like, stifled my development in certain ways. Like, socially, it's been difficult to interact and connect with peers of mine because I do feel like I just feel so, like, opposite and other and like my experiences aren't in alignment or don't mirror yours and like you don't really see where I'm coming from I don't maybe see where you're coming from like I'm living really sometimes it feels like I am like an alien and like living in like a, just this like alternate universe <laughs> it's, it's like are you seeing what I'm seeing are we experiencing things like and I guess we're not and I and you know what is normal um but yeah at times being at this intersection um, if you pick up what I'm putting down, um, it's just, it's not, um, easy, but I, you know, I don't believe he brought me here just to leave me. So I just have to believe in that and yeah, believe, believe as, as like simplistic as it is, you really just have to believe and be affirmed in my reasoning for being here and executing. So fuck the excuses. Let's get the show started <laughs> on that note. <laughs> okay. So on to the stories, the hot topics uh, of this week. Okay. Now, I just wanted to touch on this first segment or this first story um, because I feel like I'd be remiss if not to. Uh, so I'm not going to really get into, into, but I just, I, I had to acknowledge. Uh, so last weekend, uh, rapper and influencer Nipsey Hussle was gunned down in Los Angeles, passing away shortly after at a nearby hospital. Now, disbelief and sorrow was the response from fans who felt deeply over the loss of Hussle, whose life and potential was cut short. An outpouring of support has come forward from his for his girlfriend, rather, um, actress Lauren London. Uh, the two shared two sons together, nine-year-old Cameron and two-year-old Cross. Hussle also has a daughter, Imani, from a previous relationship. Now, the suspect has been identified um, in this case as Eric Holder. He's been arrested, and I believe he is being defended by the same prosecutor of the infamous O.J. Simpson trial. Um, whew. So, I mean, obviously, like, I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to ever at least try not to come in here and, like, front and put on, like, you know, I'm familiar and know something when I don't. Now, um, Nipsey... I don't I have I don't listen to his music. I'm not too familiar with her, too familiar with him. Um uh uh I know him mainly through a friend of mine uh, as a topic of contention. Uh but um with that uh it was it was definitely I mean how can you not be saddened to hear about, you know, uh, uh, however you feel about him aside. This is you know, a young man who's 33 years old, you know, just lost his life senselessly. Um, it's like damn and it, it puts things in perspective I think for, for all of us who are you know still here you know hop on whatever it is that you want to do and be and, and like just make it happen for yourself because tomorrow is not promised and you uh, you're not in control you know um, you think you are but um, you really aren't and uh, so you just have to really you know celebrate every day who I know sad way to intro the show but I just had to talk about and just touch on um him so rest in power to Nipsey um okay 
Oh, but I also, <laughs> before I do wrap that topic up, I did want to also say, now he was known for doing work with um, the community, and there is this conspiracy circulating that, you know, there's this reporting, this reported um, upcoming documentary on Dr. Uh, Sebi, I believe is how you pronounce it. I hope I'm not butchering it. Uh, this is leading um, conspiracy theorists to believe that Hustle's murder was motivated in an effort to silence the publicization of this upcoming film, um, of the doctor be- beating charges in New York dating back to 1985, who uh, was accused of practicing without a license and speculation that he had a cure to patients suffering from AIDS. Um, now, I, I'm i like, you know, when something, you know, as tragic as this is so fresh, it's like I I try not to, like, just engage in certain conspiracies because it's like it's, just, it's so, like, just this just happened. And, you know, what a tragedy again. So, um any validity to that, you do with that information what you will, and let's move along. Now, whew. Okay, so Joe Biden's inappropriate accusations, that's been, you know, definitely all over every <laughs> um, media outlet this week. Now, Joe Biden had some some explaining to do this week following a bevy of women coming forward claiming the former vice president made them feel uncomfortable. Now, more than three women have expressed feeling of discom- feelings of discomfort following interactions with Biden, where he claims he meant to be comforting. Now, one photographed instance of Biden included him with a sexual assault survivor who he was pictured with at the Oscars in 2016 with his forehead against hers while holding her hands. Now, he took to social media to address these women's testimony, saying, quote, "Uh, social norms are changing. I understand that. And I've heard what these women are saying. Politics, to me, has always been about making connections. But I will be more mindful about respecting personal space in the future. That's my responsibility, and I will meet it. Um, now, some people, you know, criticized this and said that, you know, he still was missing the point, which is that, um, oh, and there was also another instance where, like, he was rubbing, like, um, this one woman's shoulders and, like, kissing her forehead or, um, I think just her, like, the crown of her head. Um, again, I think that the, this was another instance of him, you know, aiming to be comfortable. I believe that was back in 2014 or just trying to, to, to be comforting, um, but some people did take tr- uh, critique of his acknowledgement because they felt that he could have um, just just been, I guess, uh, a bit more. Because it's it's difficult for me to kind of understand the criticism because for me, I feel like okay, the the defining line in this is that I know this these are sensitive times, which I say on every podcast, but um, these women are coming forward and, and they've said. Uh, um, I think every single one of them has, has made it clear that this is not, you know, he hasn't abused these women. Um, there's been no, like, assault or misconduct. He, he really just made them feel uncomfortable, um, which, you know, is valid. I think that he did a good job acknowledging it. I think that, um, you know, there's a question of whether or not this is going to affect. Because he hasn't even come forward to say whether or not he's going to run for president all the way. I, I kind of hope he does because I feel like based on who's come forward this far, um, in terms of Democrats, uh, there's really no contender to beat Trump. I don't. I don't. As of right now, who's out today here, April sixth? I don't see, feel like I've seen a, a contender. I mean, Kamala, Bernie. Like, I don't know if any of like. I guess those are like the front runners. Elizabeth Warren. I don't know if any of them can take on Trump. But that's a different conversation. Um, 
but and yeah, so he hasn't come forward to say whether or not he's going to run. But um, there, there's questions as to whether or not this would hurt his his campaign. Um, my perspective, I also just wanted to make clear on this. Um, you know, I, I I recognize, and I don't know if a lot of people understand or or are familiar with. Um, Joe Biden, and he suffered, you know, a great deal of loss in his own personal life. Um, I, I believe his wife and daughter passed or, you know, passed away, yes, in a, uh, a tragic car accident, um, you know, some years ago. You know, most recently, his son died of brain cancer. Um, I, I want to say he had an, another child. I'm not, I don't want to, um, you know, someone correct me on this, but. I think that he had another son die of cancer as well. So I, I, I would imagine in my imagination, Joe Biden does have, you know, empathy to offer people. And um, uh, because these women have made it clear that it's not been instances of him being, you know, abusive. Um, that's why I'm inclined to give him like, you know, the benefit of the doubt and why I I don't feel that this it you know, this might. If he does come forward, this this could hurt him a, a bit more. He might have to, some more, um, you know, apologizing and recognition to do. Um, uh, also, there's the Anita Hill trial in 1991 um, when he was uh, on the Senate Judiciary. He was the Senate Judiciary Chairman. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the Anita Hill trial, that's like, that was that era's um, Brett Kavanaugh trial where, you know, Clarence Thomas, who's the Supreme Court justice, was, you know, being accused by Anita Hill of some inappropriate conduct in the workplace. Um, and it's been likened to Brett Kavanaugh, who, as you know, was unfortunately appointed to the Supreme Court justice, um, the Supreme Court um, as he was appointed um, earlier on um, last year, which was, hmm. So, uh, but yeah, oh, oh and, and you know, your president had to respond um, by, which was ironic as hell, because I'm like, <laughs> now, don't you have your own accusations to address? Or it's just, it's, it's like you, uh, you talking about grabbing people's hoo-ha and you want to, you know, discuss the situation with Biden, like you'd, you'd be best to sit down and just eat your food, sir. Pull up a chair with a seatbelt, please. Um, speaking of your president, I hear that he's fundraising currently in, in, in California, Los Angeles. I hear he's there now. Um, something about the 405 freeway, I think, is is it shut down? Oh, let me read this headline. Oh, damn it. It was on my Twitter, but it just. Um, but anyway, I, I do hear that he is he's in um, California currently fundraising for the wall that Mexico is supposed to be paying for. So, yeah, he he has more shit to be worried about. And Joe got his ass together on Twitter because he was saying, like, oh, this is very presidential of you. I see you're up to, you know, your your professional duties as usual. You know, he read him as he should have because the president's always doing some shit he's not supposed to be doing. But let me digress before I say something. Um, okay. Okay. So moving on, we have, I don't know... <laughs> What is Britney Spears' beehive call? I, don't, I know the Navy's beyond, um, Rihanna, but I'm like, what are, what are the Britney stands called? But anywho, calling all Britney stands. Turn up the dial because Britney Spears has checked herself into a mental wellness facility. Um, this was also um, in the headlines this week. Now, following her father's recent health complications, Britney Spears has checked herself into a mental health facility. Britney recently pushed back her basic re Vegas residency 
domination to tend to her ailing father, who has been suffering from a ruptured colon. Now, this is Spears' second stint, I believe, seeking treatment since her um, uh, her highly publicized hospital hospitalization back in 2007 post um, the intense media scrutiny she was under, along with her own personal turmoil. Um, now, this was... Uh, Interesting to hear. Now, um, I can understand, um, certainly, I, I think, you know, to set this up for you a bit more, I, um, to my understanding, Brittany's father, I don't know if he currently still is, but he was, um, for some time overseeing like her finances and, um, I guess like her estate, because, um, you know, like post when she was going through her, her 2007, um, her, her, um, you know, her, her moment, um, I guess that was a part of what just had to transpire and was in her best interest. Um, so I can, I can understand him being, you know, sick that, um, weighing on her and also just just her father who's not well um i think that one difference that we will see or that we have seen even just in the way that this has been um covered is that uh, there's definitely more empathy now for people and we've had more conversations today about mental health and the importance of um just making sure that that's a priority because that is paramount that your your mind is right and clear and um i think that it's always great when People who are in the public eye and under such, you know, microscope do, um, you know, just take time to check in on themselves. You know, um, Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child, um, she's also been very vocal about um, her own mental health struggles and the need to speak out and see somebody. You know, I myself um, have had to sit on somebody's couch um, a time or two. And, you know, to be frank with you, I I, I believe that... um, (laughs) as a, a, a gay black gentleman in um, America, <laughs> it, it probably always will be. Um, you know, I, I've gone sporadically, but I, I, I think that it, it might always, you know, need to be um, something that I need to um, incorporate into my, my like health care regimen. Um, so I, I commend her for, um, you know, doing what she needs to do. And it's great to see that there's more, um, just sympathy and, and that, that as a, as a uh, society at large, it's great to see that we've had this growth and evolution in this sense, um, that there is more, more sensitivity for Brittany in this time with hers. Um, you know, I was doing some research on Brittany because, you know, I'm not, I'm, I've not been um, such like a Britney stan myself. Like, of course, I know Britney Spears. Hit me, baby, one more time. You know, that era in the early 2000s and... Um, yeah, like she she was a fixture of the snake, you know, I'm a slave for you. Yes, and like the VMAs and the snake and the Madonna kiss um, and her, you know, her relationship with Justin Timberlake. Um, yeah, Britney. But um, yeah, I, I was watching the, her primetime interview with Diane Sawyer back in 2003. Um, just, just, you know, trying to get, you know, another just sense of, of her. Um, and, you know, it, it is sad to just see how... Um, from what I've seen, because, you know, I, I went back at, in the archives and dug for that. And then I kind of, you know, caught up to more modern day of her. And, you know, there is maybe a bit of a difference. I feel like, you know, she does seem, I don't want to say sad, but, like, I, you can definitely tell that, that um, just the scrutiny of this industry 
um, has taken it, you know, at one time it's toll on her and, and it's, uh, you know, just so commendable to see her, um, you know, still around and, 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 and doing her damn thing. You know, those, that she really has, you know, redefined, I feel, that re- the Vegas residency because at one point in time that was kind of viewed as like this place where you go to, to rest, <laughs> you know, for like the, 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 the artists who are kind of, you know, a bit washed up. You know, some of you like to, because, you know, the music industry is very ageist and they're quick to cut you off if, you know, you're not, you know, a 20-something tender thing and, you know, in that zone, they're, you know, easily replaced replaceable so um to her credit that she she has been able to to you know redefine her career and, and change the trajectory and still been able to maintain success so you know all the best to britney uh, and people have just been posting such like you know stuff y'all need to really get <laughs> go to your corner and do some work because i've been seeing like headlines about like uh just just you know people just so me- y'all are just so mean sometimes on social media like um just making jokes about her and like you know hit me one more time you know in the mental facility just make you know you know how y'all are trying to be witty but really just it falling flat and your ass is showing but anywho uh big ups to Brittany. now did y'all listen to this new Khaled release I now not every story that I do is for myself. Sometimes I have to talk about what I think y'all want to hear about, and this is one of those times with Khaled, um, his new album Free Spirit. Now Khaled released a new project today. Yes, an album, his sophomore at that, titled Free Spirit. The 21-year-old released this new age R&B 17-track, 57-minute follow-up to his debut American Teen from 2017, collaborating with Safe and John Miller. Um. So I listened so that I could have something to say. <laughs> I liked Bad Luck. And I also, off of this debut, I, I liked 18. That was my song. That's what I really connected with. I liked Bad Luck. I liked Right Back. And I liked 100. The others, I didn't listen to the, the thing. I didn't listen to the album in its entirety. Um, if that, if you want to take with that, maybe you can dissect how I feel about the album just with that statement. But um, because, okay. I'm all for expanding my taste and listening because, you know, I'm not too rigid with my music taste. Like, I, I like, you know, uh, a number of different genres and, um, you know, whatnot. I'm always looking to just expand my catalog. And so Khaled, you know, I don't really listen to a lot of, if you if you know me, you know, my playlist is really like, I, I like a 90s. I like a, I like 90s R&B. I'm, I'm just an R&B head to my core. Um, I like... Uh, you know, the early 2000s. I do like some rap, hip-hop, whatever, you know, sprinkled in. But this this new age, kind of like this vibe, R&B, this, like, s- new hip-hop era that we're in, everything's very... It's just... It's, it's been more difficult for me to connect with. Um, but with that said, you know, I, I did... Um, I have to say, what I admire about Khaled as an artist and respect is that... Um, he's very involved with his his music and his artistry and and i I, because i do as as a fan or as a consumer um looking i look i read lyrics because i want to know what i'm singing and i look to see you know the credits at the end to see okay now who wrote this because was it you because when when the artists themselves write the music it feels as though i'm getting to know you more and like you're sharing um bits and pieces of yourself and that's how I as a consumer connect with you the artist and that's why I'm inclined to you know buy more of your records and so on and so forth so that about him I did appreciate um 
my critiques, if I'm going to offer them because I don't want to just, just to put the shit out there. Um, in some ways, it felt a bit repetitive to me, but I think that's just this, this type of music in this era that we're in. Everything has like a similarness to it like it's hard to decipher different artists from each other because there is no like breakout standalone to me and my, I'm talking about my camera's ears sonically um, a lot of it does sound and I'm just talking about music in general now a lot of it sounds very similar and it's difficult to decipher like who's even singing this because it sounds like the last song that they just played on the radio so that's my gripe but um, you know how can I critique somebody's artistry because that's their form of expression and I respect that but um, will it be on my you know rotation likely not except for those three songs but you know good for Khaled out there doing his thing releasing more music and for those of you who enjoyed it um, you know you enjoy it I'm waiting for my fave Bluebird to get back in the studio and give me and I'm, I'm talking about Tamar Braxton that's one of my other favorite. you know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a I personally my taste just to talk about myself uh i'm a lamb and i'm also a tamartian for those of you who don't know i love tamar is tony braxton's younger sister um i don't feel like i even need to introduce her as that because i i feel like she's really broken out it, cause, and it can be difficult when you're so you know closely related to um somebody who's so famous and do your own thing and not be associated just by them and i do feel as though we have to give i feel tamar is dude her own um, respect as, as, as gaining that as an individual and knowing her, knowing, for being known as Tamar because she is a talented woman in her own right. That bitch can s not sing, but sang to me sonically. Like, just my ears and my, just what I hear. Like, Tamar has done things vocally <laughs> that I, I don't know, some of y'all may not, I, I'm willing to go on record saying this, that I just have not heard before. Um... So yeah, uh, I'm waiting for her to release new music. But you know, she's been, she's, uh, you know, you might know her, you might think that you don't know her, but you do. Um, she just recently won Celebrity Big Brother. She was formerly a talk or a host on uh, The Real, um, which I will never get over. I feel like, and if we're gonna talk about that, for a moment, if I just touch on that sub uh, subject, I think that she, they did a, they really made a mistake in firing her. She was an integral part of that panel and she really made the show, um, she brought it to a different level, but I must say I do understand why I can see Tamar, uh, as, as bright as she shines, um, sometimes what we love about her is what we hate or what works to her, her disadvantage. And she doesn't always do herself um, any favors, but um, I think with her being open recently about um, certain, you know, um, struggles earlier on in her life. Um, it's kind of helped to connect the dots as to why, you know, she's she's still just struggling as a person like most of us. But, um, yeah, that's another music fave of mine that we're on, now that we're on the topic of music. But I digress on that tangent. Moving right along to yet another story I wanted to talk about. Who? Because y'all need to be educated, edumacated. So this E.J. Johnson um, Magic Johnson's son, again, association by family. Because um, you may not know EJ, I feel some of you, because I, you know, because <laughs> as I develop my audience, I'm like, I feel like the black people know who I'm talking about, but like I have to explain and break it down for like the others, the non-black people who are listening because they may not be familiar. So yes, EJ Johnson, he's Michael, um, oh, let me, let me get it right. 
<laughs> there is a different Magic Johnsons, right? He's magic. He, he magic son. Yes. Um, so, yes, he sat down in an interview with Ease Justin Sylvester uh, to talk about a smattering of different things, and the conversation shifted to a conversation about the reality star's gender identity. Now, following much speculation, largely based on his presentation, many have questioned whether or not the son of sports superstar Magic Johnson is planning on transitioning. He set the record straight, asserting that he feels comfortable in his own body and feels empowered to dress how he deems fit. Now, um, again, for those of you who may not be familiar with EJ, he does dress. He now he he's a male. He he identifies as male. Um, and he he dresses um, not like the traditional male male dresses. He's he's like, I guess would it be considered gender nonconforming? Um, EJ's presentation, um, it just brought it. It really raised uh, an important question, I guess, or not question, but it um, as our society develops and evolves, it's important for us to develop and evolve with it. And there's this ongoing conflation of clothing and how one comports oneself um, with sexuality or gender identity. And just because, you know, a male wears like, you know, a skirt or, you know, a woman wears, you know, clothing that's maybe considered traditionally to be more, you know, masculine, like if she wants to wear like a tux or a suit, that doesn't mean that she's like transgender or, you know, if a male wears, you know, an article of clothing considered to be, you know, associated with, you know, the way women dress, and that doesn't make him gay or mean that he's, you know, transitioning. That just means that that's how they feel it. They want to comport themselves. And if you look at, like, other cultures, um, this is not uncommon. Um, that's just, I feel it goes to show just here in our, like, Western um, kind of this world, this is, that's not um necessarily practiced as often like if you were to go and travel venture overseas or just just different places this, this is um not something like it's not a thing that we like we make it and um it's just late and i feel like okay like I, it's time that you all know that um you know just just or just just put it into um like these just constrictions that we kind of put and i feel like you know there's always going to be pushback when there's, you know, things moving forward. I get that. But um, it would just it would behoove us, um, I feel, socially to uh, put it into that. Now, if we're going to like really talk, because I've studied this, too. Like I, I took a women or not a women, a sociology, soci- sociology um, and gender class last semester. One of the few classes that I actually feel that I got something out of and I appreciated and um, really affirmed my humanity in certain ways as one who maybe doesn't always. um, (sighs) I have my ways about me just in terms of how I like just just mannerisms and things and um, that aren't traditionally whatever. And um, yeah, just how, you know just socially fem- or traits that are deemed to be feminine or just femininity in general is seen as inferior or you know, it's just, um, yeah. But anyways, getting back to the topic, um, I just think it's important. That- okay, so with this, because I have to, and I was even watching this, okay, this, this kind of came up on an episode of um, one of my favorite shows on Netflix, Being Mary Jane, um, about just gender bashing 
And because one of one of the, in one of the episodes, the main character, Gabrielle Union's character, Pauletta Patterson, who I identify. Oh, and speaking of, I'm so looking forward to the return of the show, um, being Mary Jane. It's coming back for the the season finale, which we have been waiting on since forever. Um, like in two weeks. So I cannot wait to see how they're going to wrap up all of these storylines. I've, I've been binging because I want to catch back up and like refresh my memory on the goings on. Um, but yeah, so she she plays Gabrielle Union's character, Pauletta. She plays, she plays a um, an anchor for like with like the adjacent to like a Good Morning America. And um, so she uh, was doing this story about... Um, how this kid was being basically bashed by his father for wearing a skirt and how there's this conflation with like, again, clothing and sexuality and because he had on a skirt, his dad thought that he was gay. <laughs> and that was, you know, a problem. And she was, she wanted to bring the story to the forefront. Um, but then it came up because she was like, I don't know, you know, although I, I, I felt the need to bring this to, you know, the masses. I don't know if I want my man to be wearing a skirt. And I thought to myself, do I, you know, how would I feel about that? Would I have a problem with my man wearing a skirt? Would you? I don't know. It would definitely be, if I'm not going to lie, like if, if he, if, <laughs> if my man wanted to like, you know, rock a skirt, it would be maybe at first jarring because just like the aesthetic of it I'm not used to maybe seeing this in my like space often but I appreciate everybody coming as they are and I believe in comporting yourself however you feel like it fit and I feel like we can just be so myopic as you know a nation and it would be nice um for people to just do what they want to do and for there to be less judgment and critique over every single damn thing so yeah, I feel like if he wanted to, why not? I would have to get used to it, though. Um, although, <laughs> I don't even know, because the type of man that I'm attracted to, um, mm, I probably need to go sit on some music. I, was, I even tweeted about, I digress about that anyway. Um, oh, my goodness. Already 40 minutes have gone by. Time just flies when I'm in here. I was thinking when I was constructing this episode, I was wondering whether or not I was going to do Woo, a or if I was going to forego my um, my conclusion, my super soul, um, or I don't know, I keep calling it like my Oprah segment, but like my my intentional segment because part of you know sitting here and yip yapping, I do feel compelled to want to have a moment of like just be saying something intentional, like you know as as as, as my platform grows because we we growing. <laughs> um, you know, and and you, I, I begin to develop more listeners. Um, you know, we, and I feel a responsibility just in holding a platform to say something or to have some sort of message, um, which was really to be my intention for um, the construction of that um, that segment. But I think this week I'm going to forego it. Um, I feel like I've talked enough. My mouth is dry. I need some water. It's late. I always come in here so late. It's one fifteen in the morning. So I need to get in the gym tomorrow because ooh, summer's pulling up, pulling up, pulling up. And I need to get this body right. Um, although it don't feel like it outside. Uh, I miss the sunshine. But anywho, I appreciate each and every one of you listening to this week's mess. 
and hopefully you will join me again next time. Take care. Thank you.